From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. Yes, I am the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks, your host and tour guide through the wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America. And believe you me, this got really wacky and of well, and of course, I'm referring to the the biggest news story of the last two days, which is the ouster of Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House, the first time this has ever happened in American history. Well, it certainly uh, got real intense. It got real nasty, and the aftermath is going to get even nastier. But before I get into all of that, uh, send us email. Uh, you can contact us in right at gmail.com. You can also send, uh, you also check out our website, inblackandright.net. And you can also subscribe to our podcast. We're on all uh, podcast platforms, big, small, and in between. Just simply subscribe, follow, get notifications, the whole bit. You know what to do, folks. Uh, and tell your friends, because we are still just celebrating being named one of the top 20 black conservative podcasts of 2023 and are encouraged to follow. So, I'm loving that. But, of course, let's get on to the real nitty-gritty. Yesterday... The House, in a 216 to 210 vote, voted to give House Speaker Kevin McCarthy the boot. Now, of course, it was just plain ugly on the floor, and I understand that. And, of course, everybody's new favorite person to hate, at least amongst uh, the establishment rhino uniparty Republicans, is Florida Congressman Matt Gates. Yep, he was one of the eight who joined with the Democrats to give uh, the ouster to McCarthy. Uh, now, of course, you've got others like uh, Ken Buck of Colorado, Andy Biggs of Arizona, Eli Crane, also of Arizona, Nancy Mace, which was rather interesting, from South Carolina, because she's not exactly the most popular uh, among uh, the MAGA crowd, uh, but she voted, you know, and there were others as well. Um, there, Bob Good from Virginia, he certainly was one. So now, yeah, this, this was crazy. Now, even Matt Gates didn't even expect for this to uh, actually happen. He figured that uh, McCarthy would survive and you know, and continue business as usual. But now, boom, here we go. McCarthy is gone as speaker. His uh, lieutenants, his disciples, his acolytes are all 50 shades of pissed off. But you know, here's the thing. 
Now, I know there were some real ugly things that were said uh, about this whole effort. But the one person I never expected to use such incendiary and just plain crazy unhinged language was former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. Now, last night on Hannity, Sean Hannity's program on Fox, Newt Gingrich said the following things. Voted for McCarthy. 4% vote against him. From my position as a longtime Republican activist, they're traitors. All eight of them should in fact be primaried. They should all be driven out of public life. What they did was to go to the other team to cause total chaos. We ought to be focusing on Biden. We ought to be focusing on the economy. We ought to be focusing on the border. Yep, folks, that was Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich, the man who came up 30 years ago with the contract with America. And now he's using language that is just so over the top. It, it frightens me. I have tremendous respect and have had tremendous respect for Newt Gingrich for an awful long time. But to say something that irresponsible, that inflammatory, it's very un-Gingrich-like. I mean, you're supposed to be a statesman, a historian, but now you sound like something out of MSNBC. So, I mean, I'm sorry, but, but that was just uncalled for and just not helpful, uh, Speaker Gingrich. It just wasn't helpful at all. Now, the problem with the uh, moderates, the other, I guess, what, somewhat, 100 and maybe 150 Republicans, who have apparently who apparently had no problem with McCarthy as speaker? I, I have to really wonder. And I and yes, there. Are, now I know some people are like, "Yay, happy!" You know, uncork the champagne, you know, and break out the confetti. It's like New Year's Eve. Now, I'm always I tend to temper reactions like that. I do because. You know, yeah, you got rid of McCarthy. McCarthy really was a symptom rather than the problem. It, McCarthy was sort of the personification of the swamp and swampiness and, you know, the uniparty and having to essentially uh, make deals and pretty much bend over and grab the ankles for the donor class uh, who are the big donors, you know, for, you know, for candidates and whatnot, uh, for re-election and recruiting candidates and so forth. But frankly, to those who have all kinds of problems with Gates and the others who weren't exactly thrilled with McCarthy because they believed that the promises he made, he broke. 
Now I know that might not be, that doesn't really seem to register in the minds of many of these others who thought McCarthy was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I said, no, sorry. These are people that I really, really wonder if they understand what's really going on. I mean, come on, let's get real here. We're $33 trillion in debt. We've got a $2 trillion deficit right now and probably another $2 trillion plus deficit come next year, which means by the time Trump gets back into office, he's going to be dealing with $35, $36 trillion in debt. This is crazy. This is insane. We've got a border that is wide open, like Grand Canyon wide open. Everybody and their first cousin from everywhere is coming into the country. Even the Inspector General's report from, from Homeland Security said that we're not keeping track of them. We don't know where they're really going. We don't have the addresses that they gave that have given that they've given is are more, more than likely fake because they ultimately want to make it tough for any type of mass deportation efforts that Trump uh, is talking about. And, you know, hey, GOP, get a freaking clue. Some people don't like to be lied to, okay? They don't. And for the eight that voted to oust, McCarthy, they listened to a group of people that a lot of you don't. It's called your constituents. They were following the will of their voters. And for people like Gingrich to say the things that he said, that's a mind blower to me. Because obviously, if you're going to take that particular tack, you know, your voters mean nothing. You, they, you just convinced them to like, oh, send us, we need to have more Republicans. It's like, okay, so you got the majority. And with more Republicans, we still get this crap. We still get a lousy debt ceiling deal. We're still not dealing with the border. We're spending like a bunch of psychotic madmen. I'm like, well, McCarthy in some ways had it coming to him. But that is, but that's the past. And for many of those eight who voted to uh, oust McCarthy, this 45 day continuing re resolution was really the straw that broke the camel's back. So now, we have a new set of problems. While the moderates and the uniparty and the establishment Republicans are taking this week to lick their wounds and stew and fume and plot their revenge, and believe me, it is coming, the uniparty strikes back. They will. They will put these eight and just make their lives hell. They're just going to do it because in their minds, they 
they essentially defied the will of the swamp, the will of the donors, the will of the lobbyists and the special interests. And that cannot, under any circumstances, be tolerated. So come next year, come next year, as the primary season's going, oh, the, there's going to be those, they're going to be looking for primary challengers for all of these guys. They're going to be looking. And they're going to finance them. And they're just going to have all kinds, and especially Matt Gates. He will have all kinds of money and a primary challenger for him ready to go over in the Florida Panhandle, which is uh, Matt Gates' district. So don't think for one minute, do not think for a minute that they're going to use all kinds of um, all kinds of tricks, lies, obfuscations, money to primary challengers to try to get their revenge. And, well, you know, fine, you know, whatever. But we still have more immediate problems, such as November 17th. Why that particular day? Because that is the date that this 45-day continuing resolution ends. And they need to get, the Republican conference needs to get their butts in gear and get a new speaker ASAP. You know, just ASAP. I mean, sure, okay. You know, I mean, I don't know why they're waiting till next week. I mean, they could have done this later this week, but, you know, all right, fine, whatever. So, already, you've got to, one, get a new speaker elected. Number two, you still have some appropriations bills to get done and a budget. Because at November 17th, a few days before Thanksgiving, uh, we got to get this. Ex we got to get this done. Otherwise, it's going to be the setup for one another continuing resolution, or worse than that, number two, an omnibus bill, which means we're right back in the same mess in the same system that we're in right now, and there is nothing new. The rules will still not be followed. There will not be the 12 single subject appropriations bills that McCarthy agreed to. And whoever the next speaker is, I mean, there's been names like Steve Scalise, uh, the House Majority Leader, which seems logical, but two problems. One, he was McCarthy's lieutenant, and it's a little risky to have another McCarthy 2.0 right now. And two, you know, and Steve Scalise is battling cancer. And that's, and I don't wish him any ill, but the demands of being speaker are very demanding physically and mentally. And if you're dealing with cancer at the same time, that's tough for anybody. I mean, anybody. So as much as I want Steve Scalise to be well, he's just a little too 
he's too much McCarthy like, you know. So no McCarthy 2.0. Uh, Jim Jordan seems to be the popular choice. He's a he's officially filed to run for speaker, which many in the conservative realm, uh, and I'm and I'm tending to agree with it that Jim Jordan, even though he did stand up for McCarthy, I think he could be the one to bring all the disparate factions within the GOP uh, conference together. I mean, he certainly has, he has the respect of a lot of people uh, from the House Freedom Caucus, uh, Matt Gates and others. And he could, and he, I'm sure he could at least deal with the moderates and some of the others, uh, and I think, and maybe, just maybe, you know, because Ke Kevin McCarthy may not be speaker, but he does carry some influence. And that would be, um, you know, that, and if, if, if McCarthy, you know, really wanted to, to bring some peace and stability right now when it's mostly needed, maybe a, uh, sort of behind-the-scenes endorsement of Jordan by McCarthy could make this transition to a new uh, speakership a whole lot simpler. Because, frankly, the Republicans cannot afford what happened in January again. It's like, hey, let's get this done and follow the rules and have someone with integrity to where you're not going to get this craziness and chaos uh, which was Republican cause to be perfectly honest with you it was but oh we have to have bipartisanship it's like really do we always have to have it mm, no so yeah so now we so there's a lot of things that the Republicans need to do, and they, and frankly, some of them really need to get over themselves, because acting like petulant children just because you didn't get what you wanted, and I, and McHenry, McHenry from North Carolina, my home state, I said, dude, grow the heck up and stop wailing the gavel like you were trying to break it just because you didn't get your pony. I'm sorry. This does not bode well for the establishment types because all of their efforts to squash the conservatives, I mean the real Republicans, has now come back to bite them right in the backside. Oh yeah, it is absolutely, and they're not liking it. They're not liking it. They're, these are control freaks, it's like, well, how dare you? It's a, mm -mm. This is a lesson to them that the grassroots, the people that they want to overlook, not only has bark, but it has a little bit of bite too. And so now, whoever the next speaker is, that memory is going to be fresh in their minds that the grassroots can make your life miserable. So get with the program, 
have some integrity, get some vision, and make sure you have a spine and some brass ones because the Democrats aren't going to like it. The media is not going to like it. They're just going to take, the media is just going to take the rest of this week and highlight all the dysfunction in the Republican Party. And frankly, that's really not a surprise to me. So you have an opportunity, GOP. You have an opportunity to really become helpful instead of doing business as usual, bending over and grabbing ankles for the lobbyists and the special interests, and do something for the American people. We're tired of this crap. We're tired. $33 trillion in debt, inflation not going much of anywhere except up, people struggling to keep a roof over their heads, people aren't buying houses because the interest rates are so stinking high. I mean, my gosh, the American dream is dying, and yet, uh, what are we doing? You know, we're, we're just basically just kind of sitting there, you know, studying, our, studying your belly button. It's time for the GOP to wake the heck up. And for all you establishment no, rhino types, get over yourselves. Because you've just gotten a very hard lesson in reality. So... If you truly care about the American people, get over yourselves, get over your differences, and get to work doing regular order, cutting waste, de-weaponize, de-woke. Get all this crap out of the way and stop bending over and grabbing the ankles for all the Democrats. This is ridiculous. Start acting like Republicans because the very people that you are hating on right now, the Matt Gates, the uh, Eli Cranes, and Andy Biggs and stuff like that, you could be easily uh, primaried yourselves. Don't forget that. Because programs like Steve Bannon's War Room and Charlie Kirk, Jack Posobiec of Human Events, and plenty of others are not going to be putting up with this nonsense too much longer. And, you know, what's good for the goose is also good for the gander. Let's not forget that. So have your pity party and just get back to work. And I mean work. Work Saturdays. Work Sundays. Do the job and get it all done before November 17th because this is going to be a, another chance to see if you've got the brains the spine, and anything else that you need to actually help the American people instead of helping yourselves. And on that note, my friends, I'm out of here. Take care, my friends. See you tomorrow. And as always, patriots come in all colors.